Welcome to the Grant Glow Up Podcast. This is Lloyd Crawford, your host. Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle sounds. Today I wanted to share this idea of like what we take for granted and sure it's like slightly play on words but really I want to sort of flip the idea of grant writing and the whole grant structure on its head and I'm going to do that first by sharing out the history of grants and how they came to be because this is something that when I was made aware of this about three years ago it really helped me start to make sense and put words to why the whole process of grant writing and like the system and structures that exist in it feel good to me. And then be able to start having access to different choices of how I approach grant writing. So grants haven't always existed, right? But like many things in Western society, you know, we're intentionally told to like not necessarily think of history and the fact that that would allow us to challenge the systems and structures to be. So we, as current grant writers, are people who have to, you know, start writing grants to fund, um, you know, our, our endeavors, are expected to just, you know, assume that they've always been, right? But grants actually came to be as a way for the government to stop the successful grassroots efforts of people of the global majority, so black, indigenous, and brown people, especially in the United States, um, whose grassroots efforts were actually creating and redistributing resources within their communities, neighborhoods, with a great amount of success. And so there were really prominent and like well-established communities in the United States that were doing really well without government intervention, you know, actually doing well because there was no government intervention. And so what ended up happening, especially during the civil rights era, is that the government was like, hold on, we need to have a way to to say who gets to have stability here. We need to be able to control who has success here. And so suddenly there became these restrictions on, and you can hear Mercury playing in the background, <laughs> these restrictions on who can access funding, who can say that they're a charitable organization, and who then gets to be able to be sort of the curator and um, disseminator of resources. And so this is where the construct of having to register as a nonprofit came to be, right? Because nonprofits didn't exist before this in the same ways they do now. They didn't need to because people were able to circulate and contribute funds in the ways that they wanted to. And so from this change, what ended up happening is not only now are there the strict requirements of how to register as a nonprofit, but also, you know, the idea that federal funds or state funds have to go through these very formal channels. And grants act as one of the ways that gatekeeping exists, right? Or it is one of the gatekeepers, rather. So the actual foundations that are receiving and allocating money are one of the um, gatekeepers and then the actual grants themselves serve as almost like different locks right and you have to find the right combination or key to unlock that lock to then get access to funds that previously weren't so exclusive right things were able to be generated and kept within communities but now the same access to community support isn't possible because of these restrictions. And so when I think about this, and I want to share this out as a way to break this down, for me, 
a lot of grant writing doesn't feel good, right? Like beyond the like literal writing of like telling the same story all the time and the monotony and like, do I really need to look at word count versus character count? Like those things don't feel good because I don't like busy work, right? So like that's one part, but that's not the conversation today. Not all of it, right? But it also doesn't feel good because gate those gatekeepers, like funders, and the whole structure is essentially saying, I need you to prove to me that what your needs are, are ones that I agree are valid, right? Or that I agree should be addressed. And oftentimes the disparities in which we're writing grants to have funding to resolve are created because of the very systems which, when, which through which rather we're going back to ask for funding to resolve them, right? And if those systems and structures and like hoarding of resources didn't exist, we wouldn't be needing to request funding, right? So it's like sort of this mindfuck where, and this is something that happens a lot with whiteness, white supremacy culture and thinking too. It's like, I'm going to create a problem. So then I'm the one resolving it. So then I get the like clout and the benefit of being the one who's resolving the issue. And so let's just take a pause for a moment and explore that. Right, so for me, the whole structure and process of grant writing exists as this way to keep people separated from what they need and also keep other people as the deciding factors and those gatekeepers. And so it really, to me, feels kind of shitty because it's like we're writing about oftentimes like marginalized communities, right? But one of the ways that Uh, because that didn't feel good to me is like considering a whole community marginalized right was this moment when um, one of the youth that you know where I'm work I was working at asked me to go ahead like what I was doing and I was like oh I'm writing a grant so they were like oh can I go ahead and read this or like what does that really mean and so I had them read it and they're like wait so I'm marginalized and it was this moment of oh fuck right by speaking about a community of people in this way you're impacting them, right? So there you are as a nonprofit, for example, saying you're you're doing this work and impacting people positively, but the actual way you have to write about and tell people's story to get funding is dehumanizing, and it really is not addressing them these systemic issues of why they're experiencing disparities to begin with, right? And so from that moment, I started, I started asking myself, what can I start to do? And so while it's like not this, you know, grand overhaul of the whole system, right? I started to write made marginalized. So M-A-D-E hyphen marginalized. Because that then invites the reader, if they decide to not read past it, to be like, well, how are they made marginalized? Why are they made marginalized? You know, it doesn't mean that they'll go ahead and, you know, look into their practices and then choose differently, but it begins the opportunity of a conversation, right? And so it's those smaller practices of starting to change how I was writing in grants that helped me start to really unpack some of these things, right? And like why I didn't feel good before I had the words for it was because I'm essentially having to write about someone in a way that they want to be writing about themselves. And so, you know, bit by bit, I started to see these ways to sort of challenge that. And then once, you know, I'd be sort of at the table with funders. So like, let's say I got past a certain round of um, proposals or they actually were funding a project. So then it was actually time to collaborate, sort of to have these conversations. And it's definitely like not a conversation that people wanted to have, but it was really a way for me to start 
especially calling out organizations that on their website are saying, oh, we're here for equity or, you know, we have these anti-racist practices or we believe in anti-racism or whatever it was. And then really asking, well, then how are you including the people that you're saying that you're here to support as a stakeholder? How are their voices being part of the grant review process? Can that be a thing? Can you be really asking people what they would like to have funding for? And then just believing them, right? Like, what if it shifted where your grant process wasn't here, you have to write these 10 pages and jump through all these hurdles. And, oh, we're saying we want to support small businesses that may not have a large staff, but then you're asking all of this physical output from them, right? And so, again, this is in the smaller, like, Pittsburgh context. So, you know, I understand that my experience is limited to that setting, right? But these are the types of ways that I just envision this platform um, and community of the grant glow up of being able to just start giving people ways to not only voice what feels good or doesn't feel good about grant writing but also being able to just see how really small subtle shifts can start to take place and then how that is doing more than enough as an individual right it's not on any one of us to be changing everything um and you know also not to take away from the like just the actual reality that because of the way the larger systems are structured, we need grant funding. We do need the money to be able to impact the communities that we're in and the communities that we serve. So how can we both hold a space of knowing that some aspects of this don't feel good and also that right now it's it's necessary, excuse me, necessary if we're going to have funding. So, you know, really looking at, you know, this aspect of what I wanted to share about what we take for granted is that while there are f- you know, gatekeepers and, you know, the, the funders that are deciding who gets funding, we also take for granted that if grants exist and funders exist, that means that they need fundees and grant awardees to keep them even in circulation or in relevance, right? So we actually matter a whole lot more than they may want us to believe that we do, right? And so if this whole grant structure needs us, how can we start to really push the envelope just by actually sharing out and asking for what we really need. You know, starting to have these conversations, especially once we're in a grantor relationship with a funder of saying, you know, like you you have these certain requirements, right? This is not accessible for the average person writing this grant because X, Y, and Z. You know, if you're actually looking at having an equitable practice, here's another way you can approach it, right? And so, really sharing this out with you all as this encouragement to get curious about what do you really want support wise you know what story do you really want to share and having time where you're ideating that and being able to include more parts of yourself and your story and what really matters to you through the grant writing process right and understanding that the more someone who's reading your your story is going to see you in it, the more that they're going to be able to relate to what is being shared, the more likely they're going to be interested in your work and offer funding, which then means that being at the table and being a, a partner is more likely. And so then the ripples you're able to do by continuing to share your actual story and ask for your actual needs to be met suddenly then has, you know, this other way of, of er, like, radiating out into impacting larger change and, you know, equipping you with more resources that you need to be able to do the things that you're here to do. 
you know, and so um, this feels like a natural stopping point for me, but I do want to just share out this sort of forecasting that, you know, the next few episodes are feeling like they're going to be then really breaking down grant writing like process and like what grants are in terms of like, how can we start to really see what the form and function and role of certain components are and then how does that intersect with our own stories and what we have to share, right? Because I feel like if we're able to demystify grant writing, it's really um, offers us this opportunity to be more of ourselves through this process and I just have this curiosity whether that makes grant writing suck less, right? Because it's, we, we can both acknowledge the very valid need of having to like write what people want to hear because that's what grant writing is but if, if we're able to sort of be united with ourselves on that front and understand like, oh, I am writing to an audience, so that way they're interested and want to fund it. And also, how do I go about doing that without having to forego or take for granted what I actually want to share? And so to sort of offer the brief recap, you know, I wanted to share out the point of this or this episode of sharing out like what the grant structure is, how it came to be, and how we're actually a really important component of it and how when we're able to really honor and share out our story more fully we then suddenly sort of share Mercury's playing with the microphone so I'm like laughing (laughs) I don't know if I said in the last episode Mercury is my six-month-old baby um but that as we're sharing out our actual stories more fully that the degree of like or sort of like the volume of resources that are behind the doors that are that the funders are like holding on to suddenly it's like they're the the gates that they're keeping are less fortified right suddenly we have a different level of access sparkle 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 sound thank you so much for joining on the second episode i'd love to connect on instagram at the grant glow up and you can also reach out and email at hello at loricrawford.me And may all of your grant writing wishes come true.